0: Hey Hey,
1: buddies! Welcome Welcome to to the the Bible Study! study, The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome!
0: We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories.
1: And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book.
0: But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along.
1: Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact.
0: Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Now that that's out of the way, that means it's time we refer to the Bible. Our current study is a short trip through the book of Romans. Join us to find out what Paul really thought about Jesus and his religion. <laughs> Hey, pals, we're here on the couch. Gonna do a Bible study?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Doing a couch study tonight.
0: Yeah. We mentioned, like, going into, like, Roman's Road. I don't don't know if we're gonna make much of a point on that exactly, but more like, well, if Roman's Road is the, the most important thing to know, that's what you're supposed to get to in the beginning to be saved, then maybe we should just read the whole chapter of Roman's.
1: I am so here for it.
0: So I'm just gonna be like, like summarizing it, um, to try to give Romans Road, I guess, more context of like what those verses have been pulled out of.
1: Maybe do you even want to start with like explaining what Romans Road is?
0: Sure, it's these collection of like I think six verses of Romans and then like one in Acts that you you have to say, and then you're considered saved. And a Christian.
1: Now, I think that's interesting because I was not taught growing up that those are the things you say to, like, be saved or be a Christian. They were comparable to the Ten Commandments. It was like, we have the Ten Commandments, and then Romans Road is kind of our standards that we uphold in our personal selves.
0: I'm having trouble, like, fitting that to that. Can you go in more?
1: That wasn't something that we had to memorize or or recite or anything it was kind of like a next step like you've become a christian you have learned the law of the book like you know these these commandments of god and you've learned these 10 commandments you know the basics like that roman's road is more of uh these are your next steps so this is how god wants this relationship with you this is what god has done for you so it was kind of a a thing that you just put in your heart, you just tuck it away. It's like that little, Hmm. almost like a little love letter you keep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't like something we had to memorize and recite either, but it was like, we're going to lead you through these. I'm going to tell you these things and you have to like know them. And then we're going to prayer and you're going to say these things and then God will save you. Like if, if that's truly how you feel in your heart and you say these things to God, then there you go. Which I think like, what a, originally got us on the thought was like there's like this if this is the time when you know christianity is becoming like the roman religion then it's like okay this is a forced thing let's just how do we get people to just do this quickly okay here's some simple steps and then they'll say it out loud to us to a guard or something like to Mm -hmm. someone official yep okay moving on check your boxes
1: yeah, it's almost like a a little secret society. You have to go do the special knock on the door and then recite the passcode. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure you you have the right beliefs of Jesus and the Bible.
0: Your sounds Not more Jesus, fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Before I read Romans, I also read the the introductions to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Oh dang! And to to get a little bit more idea of like what was happening with that stuff
1: you did your extra credit work
0: i did and i would have to look back in to get more i just really know that luke was a physician and he was paul's favorite man and like you always say marijuana was medicine
1: absolutely so
0: of course physician luke (laughs) he had the supply
1: he was the supplier he was the dealer for the disciples.
0: But you want to know an interesting fact about Luke that I'm, I never learned in church?
1: Yeah.
0: Luke never met Jesus.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: He was not an eyewitness of the life of Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> so wild. He, his was like going around to try and get eyewitness accounts and he was friends with Paul. <laughs> he just talked wow. to them too about things. So his is more of like... Um, it's like a documentary. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, I like it. Maybe that's why I like the Luke the best out of the Gospels, because <laughs> it has that documentary vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So actually, let's talk about Romans now. Yes. Okay.
1: Enough about Luke and well, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark.
0: Well, Paul wrote Romans, and Luke is Paul's best friend. He's his plug.
1: His plug, yes. <laughs> he is his plug.
0: Now, um, was there anything with the timeline? Wait, Paul's conversion was like right around Jesus' death. They have it dated around like 33 yeah, AD. Yeah,
1: and it said in the other table that...
0: This one, here we go, timeline on Matthew. The crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus... Happened in 30?
1: Oh, yeah, 30 AD.
0: So Paul wasn't completely on Jesus' side until after Jesus died.
1: Jesus' death and his grieving process through that is what got him to where he was there. He went through a whole spiritual thing in those three years.
0: And so then Paul's was conversion him. was, yeah, 33. And then his first missionary journey was in forty-seven or forty-eight. Okay. According to them. Yeah, they have it Romans written around like fifty-eight AD. Interesting. And Paul's already done three missionary journeys, so Ooh. he's got some experience under his belt now.
1: <laughs> I think the term under his belt is a really funny term when you think about it. Because what's under your belt? Your dick?
0: <laughs> well, pants are underneath the belt. Yeah, <laughs> so Paul wrote this. He was very nervous because he had to it was it was a church that like everybody knew was the big church. He was gonna go there. He was nervous about preaching there. So he's just kinda giving him like a little preview.
1: Yeah. Just like a hey, I'm gonna come talk to you guys. Here's a little bit of what I'm gonna talk about. It's like a his version of a movie trailer
0: (laughs) yeah or like these are the things i'm gonna want you to know before i get to you because i'm gonna go on i'm gonna be talking higher level than this
1: (laughs) totally and i think that that's really important because like even with our bible study that we're doing here i feel like we often check in even in our hypotheticals it'll be like okay so for this point of view we're gonna say that we believe this is true so just finding that common ground. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's another part of this letter. He's like, hey, here is what I believe and here's what I'm going to be speaking on and it's going to go into more than this, but here's our common ground so you know what to expect.
0: Yeah. So the Israelites, you know, they were, they were gifted God's grace, but they also had to like follow everything God said to hold on to that gift. And over here these Gentiles are claiming that they can just listen to what this man says and and get it too. No, that that's that's not fair. Like what's this all yeah. about?
1: Like they, they clearly don't have it right because it was gifted to us from God. There's no way that this this person has it right.
0: And there's like tension between the Jews and the Gentiles, which are awesome. The romans it's just a message to the jews on yes how the romans view this
1: it's very messy
0: well that's why they use the different names to try and be like well the romans are the bad guys in other parts of this bible we don't want them to mistake them so they're the gentiles they're the romans who, who listen to jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like like romans was, was to like accept the new gentile way of thinking as equal to theirs, because the Gentiles found God's laws on their own. The Israelites were the chosen people. God gave them the laws, these are what you need to know kind of thing. and Mm -hmm. So they would have held on to that because they only want their society to be good. If Jesus was born a Jew, then he would be learned of these things. And then he leaves later because he's not liking the systems that the high priests have set up in, in a government, mm-hmm. like controlling people through the religion. So so he leaves and is just a, he was an activist. He's like, you, I don't like this. Let's change it.
1: Yeah. Let's fix this shit. You guys have it all backwards.
0: But he had to still use an element of theology because that's how they were thinking. Yeah. That's also another thing that you'll hear a lot in church, too. It's like, God and Jesus has to talk simpler so that we can understand.
1: Yeah, he speaks to us in a way that we understand. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, that's it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I had a lot of the same thoughts as you. But I have a very bittersweet feeling towards the book of Romans because I feel like we taught it a lot when I was in like later high school and I was at a smaller church um, that was taught a lot to us, but it was also something I taught a lot in my Sunday school class. I, I taught for the two to four year olds. And so it was like, it was just brought up a lot. And it was always presented in this very hopeful, encouraging manner. Like, lots of thanks and rejoice to god but reading it now i feel like it is so the whole book is a bunch of manipulation (laughs) because it's just they're just like hey we see what you're doing we see that you're uh taking our beliefs that we have over here and where'd you get them from you know and then they're just like we we see what you're doing and we want to make it better (laughs) so hold on i just reread it a second ago oh yeah for i long to see you that i may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith both yours and mine it's like so overdone it's so overdone, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> but see, that's the thing. When I was reading it, once it got into the groove, it's like, oh, no, like, wait, was this a letter or was he mailing what his sermon was going to be? Was this a record of a, a sermon he actually gave? Because it's, it goes on for a while and it's it like, if you can read it, like the beats, there's, there's the, the semicolons and stuff to to give you the stops. Just Is like, he, you know, like...
1: Are you envisioning this as like a rap
0: No, I'm imagining it like a, Paul was the original beat the pulpit. He had that just repeating, like, just tone with it. And actually, it was kind of interesting, just like, okay, it it kept me more like my brain was going with it because I was thinking it.
1: Okay. See, when you said the semicolons are like the beat, I jumped to a rap, I was like, Is he rapping this to them? (laughs) I'd love to see a skit of that. There's got to be some sort of cringy high school skit of that.
0: I was was in a, uh, I can't remember what grade. Probably like sixth grade. No, seventh grade because I had just moved. I can't even remember the purpose of the play, but I was one of three nurses who were kind of like the three stooges and the beastie boys together. They're like, you just gotta dance. Like when it's not your time to sing, just dance or do something. So I'm like, here goes. And I did the white boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. And then after a while, I'm like, I
0: don't know what to do. And then I just kind of went, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't. I can't remember the rap. But there was almost not going to be, and I went back and forth like, mm, we're a church, we can't be having rap. But then we're like, well, yeah, but don't we have to use it against them? <laughs>
1: right. I <said> that.
0: <laughs> I was taught well as a child.
1: Dang. Wow, that's wild.
0: That was a high level overview of Romans. That was a very long, high level overview of <laughs> Romans. I wasn't meaning that pun. Now I mean it. there you go so like a lot of the first chapter of Romans well the first part it's a letter he starts and he's like just a long seven verse hello and you know hey these are my credentials to be able to talk about God (laughs) and then he goes into a thing it just boils down to like sorry I haven't made it out there I know I've said it it's gonna go out there but I'm this is my letter to say hey i'm coming out here and i'm, I'm gonna talk about this stuff but you want to know a spoiler mm-hmm. he never made it to them
1: oh shit so he was like sorry guys traffic's just been really bad yeah <laughs> i'm trying but here's here's something in the meantime. <laughs>
0: Then he sets up his thesis, his theme for like the letter. So that's these two verses, like Romans 1, 16 and 17. I'll read that. Mm -hmm. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith so he he starts to tell the Israelites that the god that you have written down in in your stories and everything has become just a man full of jealousy and rage and he has faults because of that like that's why your God has left you and, and moved on to these Gentiles, these these Romans here. And that's why it seems to be like they're getting the gifts of God when you thought it was supposed to be something special to you.
1: Yeah, I didn't really think about that. That would be a very disheartening thing to see. Like, your God came down to you and told you he was giving you these gifts and that they're special for you. And then you just see these other people over here and they've got the same thing they just found it on their own Mm -hmm. like that would be very disappointing like i thought this was special i thought this was mine
0: but um, then paul goes to to show them like the error of like what's happened it's not really their fault it's the priests in charge like still chapter one like 22 and 23, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Mm -hmm. And then uh, into 24 and 25, um, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So because they turned their God into a a faulted being, a man, and while striving to be like that, they've turned themselves into faulted people as well because they're like well this is god this is the god of power we have to get this well i want some of this power too Mm -hmm. because that's what that's what my god wants
1: yeah my god is the god of power therefore he should be giving me some of that power
0: Mm -hmm. so then when they they go through and they get this they feel like they've no longer been receiving the gifts of their god and like other Mm -hmm. people are getting it now how is that
1: yeah so I have 24 and 25 highlighted as well, and I I think that the verbiage is interesting here because the, the beginning of 24 starts out saying, therefore, God gave them up, and I think that's interesting because throughout the Bible, it talks about how God's love for his creations is unconditional. He will love them forever. So to see the verbiage of like, God gave up on them because their, their lusts were too much, that feels backwards. That feels against what the rest of the Bible teaches about him. Like if he's this, this all powerful creator who loves us all unconditionally, you would think he'd have a little more patience or grace for that
0: in this section he is writing to the jews the the israelites these once people of god he's writing to them in a way that they know their god as someone who would just leave them and abandon them had they lost their way because he's done it before he's not necessarily got it it's
1: even if the israelites had known to expect it because they had seen it from him, I think that's the frustrating part about it. Because they already knew to expect that from him, even though he's taught to be this this merciful, like loving and forgiving God. Because like, even if that's not the case, they they know to expect the opposite of that. He's going to abandon them if they don't do what he says. But like, we're still taught today that he will love us unconditionally and forgive us. He's not going to give up on us. That's something that was drilled into my head is God doesn't give up on you.
0: It's not at this time they're expecting this to happen. It's at this time they did feel like God gave up. So he's trying to answer the question as I'm well, like, okay, God gave up on you. This is why. If you're feeling that, then technically you have given up on yourself. Mm-hmm this is what paul did in that situation that you're bringing up right now because that's happening right now.
1: Yeah, okay. That makes sense. When
0: I say right now, I always I mean, you mean it right now of the in the yes. Yeah. I got you. But yeah, he's saying like, look, the god that you've been keeping track of, that's not that's not the god of of this this universe, this world. He's just this jealous thing. You you you've worshiped this jealous thing more than actually like the the creator that's just made everything yeah why would he be jealous of everything he's created
1: right exactly
0: but 26 and 27 is like an example of what he's talking about in 24 and like kind of 25 together because so then 26 for this cause god gave them up unto vile affections colon for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature colon and likewise also the men comma leaving the natural use of the woman comma burned in their lust one toward another semicolon men with men working that which is unseemly comma and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was met this is what they're getting because they are now worshiping the jealous God. He's left them because you guys have been looking into the lusts of your hearts, the things that you want. Remember, like, lust doesn't have to be sexual. Mm-hmm. In In Roman Catholic, the seven deadly sins, lust isn't just sexual.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anything that you strongly, strongly desire. Uh-huh. Did we just put the connotation of sex on lust because people are just horny all the time and they feel guilty about wanting to have sex because it's a sin if you're not married? Oh,
0: possibly. But then this is also the one that's used a lot for, like, homosexuality. Like, why that's bad. In the study Bible, it's 1, 26, 27, both lesbian and homosexual, like lesbian is homosexual.
1: Exactly. <laughs> He's just afraid to use the word gay.
0: Uh-huh. But their activities are condemned in these verses. God only approves of monogamous heterosexual relationships and marriage, condemning adultery before marriage and within marriage. Well, this doesn't talk a lot about marriage. Is it a sentence about homosexuality or not? Like, it sounds like it, but then if lust doesn't have to be sexual, then... They, they burn their lust one toward another, as in, like, I want what you have.
1: Exactly. Especially, like, worshipping this this god of power, this god of jealousy. This could definitely be, uh, he has more power than me, and I'm not cool with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get his power. I mean, everyone knows how dirty and corrupt politicians are. Exactly. These could just be the politicians. And, of course, that's why there's no women involved.
0: I, yeah, I think that's what he's saying, like men with men, like working that which is unseemly and receiving them, like because these priests are, are doing this stuff, they're preaching against God, then that is why your God has left you.
1: Yeah, they're too focused in their worldly afflictions and fighting about laws and shit. <laughs> Who has the most power?
0: Giving up like the, the women's part of it, that's because the women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. It's a very, you know, male oriented thing to think that a woman's natural use is for sex only. The women's natural use is to be a, a, a partner, to, to talk to, to work things out with, to include. So then the men, likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman. They are no longer talking to the women anymore. So now, all their lust or whatever of what everybody else has, then they're like, well, how do we work together so that we can keep this power and take it away from other people? Absolutely. And because they did that, then God left them.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was going to go into the, the natural use of a woman and stuff. Going back to Genesis, God wanted to create a companion for Adam. It wasn't just like... This dude needs to get laid. Let's create him this whole being just to fuck. It was, he needs a companion. Mm -hmm. He needs someone to speak to, to have feelings with, to experience life with. Why should he do this alone? So like that is 100% what goes into the natural use of a woman. (laughs) I hate that verbiage. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I didn't realize I hated it until I said it right then.
0: Yes, those words can be turned into those words if you are putting a sexual thing behind it. But we're not talking about sex right now. We're Mm -hmm. talking about, you guys have changed God, and this is what's happening because of it.
1: Mm -hmm. This is a great example of where the church has over-sexualized a part of the Bible that is not sexual. Mm -hmm. And it has just become that now.
0: We haven't gotten to examples yet he actually does he goes into like some examples of like okay these are bad things here we go but this is still an overarching example this isn't a specific thing Mm -hmm. um but then the rest of of one run on sentence 28 to 32 of when he's describing like okay these are the people and even as they did not like to retain god and their knowledge god gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Versus Being t- filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity. they will be a whisperer, a backbiter, a hater of God, despite full proud boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful Yours is different
1: than mine. See, mine says they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, um, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Ruth, they're lacking you you need to show up. You don't need to show up. You're too good for them.
0: So it can sound like Paul is directly like insulting these people and he is, but he's insulting the way these people think. I think that's the big thing is when, when, when people try to say like, they don't like something about someone. A lot of times it's, it's more seen as just like, the person rather than an idea mm-hmm. he's more going after like it's like okay if you're not gonna think about it if you don't have the convenience to think about the things you, and like why what you're doing is like good or bad then you're gonna take the, the easy one because you need the convenience right now so that easy one that you get from having these these thoughts from this god you've created Aren't gonna be the best option. Yeah. What's the easiest option to that god? Just kill the other guy.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, yeah.
0: Yeah, chapter two starts with kinda of like what we were talking about, like, oh well, you know, you're you're judging. You're not supposed to be judging. And it's like, yeah. I'm judging your actions right now. Mm-hmm. We we don't judge men. We don't look at this, we judge like what you're putting out in the world.
1: Yeah. I I don't typically like this saying, but I feel like it applies here. The whole don't hate the player, hate the game. There we go. Yeah. It feels a lot like that, because it's like don't don't hate the sinner, hate the sin. Like we can all agree this is not a very healthy action you're doing or thing that you're trying to do. So let's talk about that. Maybe fix it. And I feel like that's entirely different than just placing judgment on someone
0: exactly because even though you think they're sinning it's because you've had time to or at least you think you've had time to think about it to come to a conclusion like that is bad obviously them they've haven't had time to think about it it hasn't occurred to them or they have thought about it and like this is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. and it's a very individual focused idea
1: oh i totally agree so Christianity as a whole is like, it's something that is targeted for a general audience, but it's also something that once you actually get into, it is for a personal development, a personal growth, personal relationship with that deity. Or in this case, those deities, because it's kind of like a triad, three-in-one deal. <laughs> I just, I think that's that's cool because it's like... Well, I do think that's overlooked, but I think um, that that personal aspect is overlooked, but I think that's a huge part of Christianity is like some of this stuff isn't talking about on a general level. It's going to be very specific to you, and this is just a general way of how to go about figuring that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not like duct tape. You can't just fix everything with it. You have to figure it out on your own, too. Mm -hmm. There was something about that in the last chapter that I, I didn't bring up, but I thought about maybe it was in the last chapter essentially it was talking about how what's written is our instructions and so i kind of viewed that as the old testament is our instructions this is what we were this is what we're learning from we're not using this today we've seen our history we're using this as a history book and we're learning from the past so we can correct the actions and make it good now according to god
0: like that's something my mom would Tell me, like, you have to learn it Mm -hmm. for the history. Like, we don't follow it. Like, we follow Jesus. Like, we've said this, but so much has become of following the Old Testament, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Like...
1: Well, exactly. Because modern-day Christians use the Old Testament as that history. We don't follow the Old Testament law, obviously, because...
0: But they want to.
1: Well, but see, here's the thing. We, we don't follow the standard law. We follow the law of the New Testament. But currently, like you're saying, people are starting to follow that Old Testament again. And you have people bringing in verses like in Leviticus to condemn the LGBTQ plus community. And so they're they're starting to use that again. For I don't sure. think
0: they're starting to. That's just what it's always it's been. That's You think so? When they kept thinking this way, all on like this narcissistic, imperialistic mindset leads to this.
1: Absolutely, I think you're right. I don't think it is started. I think that was poor word choice, but I think it feels like it's starting because you're taught, oh, we don't we don't listen to that law. We listen to this law, but then you see those same people pulling out these verses to just be in favor of whatever they Mm -hmm. agree or twisting the context of it. And so it feels like it's something that's starting, but you're totally right. This has been around forever. (laughs) It's always been happening. It's just continuing in a different way. Because they
0: don't actually read the Bible. That's why it's like so easily accessible because it's so easy. You could just read it, but you don't really need to because if you want to read the Bible, you can go to a church and have it condensed down for you.
1: Right. Well and there's I mean even, it's kinda
0: what we're doing right now too, even.
1: Yeah, but this isn't uh you can only listen to this. This is a we're trying to condense it for you so you don't have to listen through all of it because it's a fuck ton. <laughs> Do you know how fat this book is? <laughs> but like there are even certain I, I don't know if denomination is the correct word for this, but denominations of like Catholicism that you're not even allowed to read your Bible Outside of what your priest tells you you're allowed to read that week.
0: Really? Yeah. Then that even more goes into the focus of like people like, oh, not reading your Bible or you got to read it to understand it. I feel like a lot of those get pulled into a thought of this is what my pastor has told me to understand about this. I need to read it, make sure I remember it so that I can Mm -hmm. just have it memorized to answer someone's question or or whatever to go Mm -hmm. on on this. Like this is a man that... I trust it's always typically always a man well a priest is problem. going to be a man yeah. yeah and and because that's how it started in the religion it always had to be men so mm-hmm. like I, I, I trust him he's like a father figure to me so then he's like this is what he wants to teach me this must be what it means so that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this means that then you are actually not even if you read your bible every day you're not reading the bible for you because you're not reading it to see what you think about it
1: yeah yeah, you, you are not developing this relationship with God. You're developing a relationship with your priest. That's what you get with that.
0: <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are necessarily doing it even intentionally. Mm-hmm. It's like you grow up in it like, oh, this is what we do. This is how we study the Bible. Again, it's like, yeah, we, we worry about Ooh, what specific word they use right there, which, yes, is important. But the most important thing is the sentence.
1: Hmm. But what's hard with the words, though, is because now with all of these hundreds, probably thousands of translations of the Bible, it's like, how can you hone in and really focus on those specific words if you don't even know if they're actually the words that were intended to be written? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many discrepancies between my Bible and your Bible it's like it, it, it actually does change the context of the verse. Because, like, going back to um, Romans 1:26 and 27, the way that my Bible is worded, they make it almost exclusively about sex. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that that's what either of those verses are even supposed to be about no. at all. No. And so that's very frustrating because y- you should be able to focus in on those words and really study those words. And how are you supposed to study those words if they've been changed so much? You're not getting the actual verse. You're not getting the meaning. I wish I could read the Bible in its true form, but I don't have the time or energy to to learn learn the language.
0: Exactly. That's the hard part.
1: Even still, the King James Version is not going to be 100%. Oh, of course
0: not. It's just, you know, what? the the oldest english translation right i think so so i mean that's
1: 1611 is when this one
0: that is that is the base we can at least go to and because that that's like late in the renaissance everybody's like going to science and questioning things happening questioning the religion so they're like now we need to go out and find these sources and see what they actually say Mm. so then it was getting put together and so that was still like that was, that was in the right sort of mindset for this. But because it's a questioning time, we are getting more of a product that is like a, a questioning everything. It could have been different and it could have been manipulated, but there's still that possibility there. Yeah. But we're, we're getting the question religion Bible from the Renaissance.
1: Interesting. Yes, that is what we're getting. That is so cool though.
0: That's why for the people who actually sit down to read it are the, like for themselves are the ones that walk away as like questioning the religion mm-hmm. because you're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to do when you read it. Yeah. Two started out about like don't judging people. And then it moved into like kind of why you shouldn't judge them. And, and 13 for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified, like because like that's what you you preach. Mm-hmm. Practicing it, then when God judges you, you're gonna fail according to your own law. Yeah. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, this is fourteen, do by nature these things contained in the law; these having not the law, are a law unto themselves. So this is more going into like how their faith is actually like in in this goodness has made them achieve, like, what was a gift to the Israelites. So this is where, like, more specific on, like, yeah, this is how they got the gift, this is how you're seeing it, this is why you're upset. But you can be like them to get it back.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, just because you've lost it right now doesn't mean you can't have that again Mm -hmm. or gain it because who knows if they ever had it fully to begin with.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say I did.
1: Yeah, same. So um, in 2 verse 8, I'm not actually sure how much this pertains to the verse, but just an interesting thing I thought about. Mm -hmm. So it says, But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. I just think the term self-seeking is is kind of interesting used in this context because a lot of Christians today would look at us and what we're doing as Mm self-seeking. We're doing this for an audience or views, money, whatever. But for us, this is very much just a way of like processing our thoughts and going through something that we grew up with from this whole new perspective. And I feel like while there is a self-aspect to that, I feel like we're also learning so much that can be helpful to other people. Like, we're putting our perspective out there to help other people be able to hear a new perspective. So I just think that's interesting because while we're viewed as self-seeking by many Christians, I assume, I think we're doing the opposite of that. I think we're absolutely doing what Christians are called to do, study about the gospel study about Jesus, share his life, share his teachings. That is what we're doing. But prior to that, it's talking about this is coming off of the judgment and how you aren't allowed to judge other people and God is the only one who is allowed to judge. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying, like, those who are actually trying, those who God is going to show grace and... and blessings too. Like you're going to be filled with all these rewards, but for those who have hardened your heart and you're storing up all this wrath and anger, you're not going to have such a great time. But I also think that's interesting too. That's verse five. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. I feel like this ties back into the idea of you are the god in the context of this book. Mm -hmm. Because when you aren't letting your emotions out, when you're storing those up and bottling them up, they're gonna come out. Whatever it is, they're gonna come out eventually. So I think that this is almost a symbolic way. I don't know if symbolic is even the correct word, but this is just another way of saying like, if you store that up, you're gonna have to pay for that. You're gonna have to deal with your own judgment. You're gonna have to face that part of yourself, whether or not you've been storing it up for a long time or not. You're gonna it'll it'll come to to be faced. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about God's righteous judgment, and it will be revealed. I feel like that's just symbolism of you put away these feelings you didn't want to deal with and this is coming out now and you're going to have to come to terms and make those judgments on yourself maybe it's something you regret doing and you've just locked away because you're shameful about it when you pull it up it's like yeah i fucked up i did the wrong thing i was in poor judgment i fucked up now i have to make it right or you know what do next time yeah Exactly. Hmm.
0: And just, you're in 20, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of truth in the law. He's saying like, yeah, some of you, it's it's not your fault. You were taught this from people. You've just been taught this down and down. You're just passing it down to more and more. They're, and they're going to accept it because they don't know any better either. An answer is mm-hmm. given to them, I'll take that answer. Here we go. The rest of two is like going more into detail, of like um, the circumcision, because like, you know, that was the way that they knew someone else was a a fellow Israelite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, but they're not circumcised. It's like, well, in your books, doesn't it say if you stop following God, then your circumcision counts as uncircumcised. And if it can go that way, it can go the other way. Oh. And those that follow the God shouldn't. Their uncircumcision shouldn't that count as circumcision then?
1: Yeah, I agree. So,
0: that's how he kind of ends it out, with chapter two. As that like pretty
1: much sums it up.
0: A circumcision as like a sign of faith, not like a you know cutting
1: the else. tip of your dick off. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I have another story that you're you're probably gonna think is like totally false, and I'm just like you know upplaying it, but it is legit. Better so not be bullshitting me in in teenage youth group whatever you know you know we're, we're playing a normal game what's your answer to an atheist or whatever <laughs> so broke up into small groups and then we really like, have to come up with something and the group picks it and then i'm like if there's no god how can humans even think of the concept of a god and it just blew everyone away there and they're like oh crap <laughs> that's good so then they put it up to the front like okay who got the best one nailed it
1: that's great. Mm-hmm. That's funny, though. This is the best one, huh? Mm hmm. Wow. Did you try it out? Try what out? The, that line on any atheists. No. Damn. <laughs> see, this is why we weren't able, this is why God didn't see it in our plan. We weren't good enough as kids. <laughs>
0: well. Apparently, he's seeing it now. (laughs) Did you want to try and do three or no?
1: I'm down to get into three.
0: Okay. He's still talking about, like, the circumcision. It's going on for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what advantage do you get? Just because you're born and you got circumcised, if later you don't believe, does that circumcision still count? (laughs)
1: Mm Mm-hmm. See, I saw that from a different view. Verse 3, my verse 3 says, what if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify their faithfulness of God? Mm -hmm. I kind of see this as like, um, just because they didn't do this doesn't mean that their faithfulness goes unnoticed. Okay, can I see your verse 5? Yeah. I'm very confused by this. I have similar in mind. Mine says I speak in a human way.
0: In a human way. Like, yes, of course, all humans are going to question, like, why why is God leading me? Yeah. I'm yeah. Just like everybody has said this. Yeah, I actually was going to go because, I mean, that just leaves me to my thing in seven. Mm-hmm. For if the truth of God had more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. Like
1: Interesting.
0: Like, don't you think if your God was really this powerful God that would strike down anyone that speaks against him, if I were speaking against him right now, would he let me still stand? Would I have gotten this far?
1: exactly how many people are out there saying fuck god Mm -hmm. fuck religion there's so much out there and they're still standing
0: now we know that this is 19 now we know that what things soever the law saith it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before god therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. What? Where is he going with this? Because it's it's going into another section.
1: Yeah, I'm confused.
0: <clears throat> but and so then in this new section, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Okay, so this is still kind of connected. Mm-hmm. This is still going into first answering what are are we better no we're not better because look no one no one is good but in this example it's because the people that were gifted the law they didn't fear their god anymore even though that's even what their god wanted Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so they would be guilty so this is like a whole new section when really 21 should be another subsection along this condemnation of man. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all upon them that believe, for there is no difference. So it's more finding, like, but these people over here are doing this. And you're, you confirm, like, yeah, your prophets say that, yeah, I mean, those are our same laws. So, how are we also able to do them too
1: hmm And then my next one is in Romans 3. I don't 100 percent know why I highlighted this one but Romans 323 is one that I I had to memorize That's and I don't remember road. yeah but I don't remember where or when or why I had to memorize that one specifically. Was that a wanna? mm-hmm uh-huh. That might have been Olympians. I think that was Olympians.
0: I mean, it's part of Romans Road. So yeah, gonna have to memorize that.
1: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, then it goes on to and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption of through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a as a propitiation by His. Blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. So basically, prior to everything, people were giving these animal sacrifices or whatever sacrifices it was that God had called these specific people to give him. And the people were not fond of giving these blood sacrifices. He was like, all right, all right, we'll work with you. We'll work with you. I'm going to give you my son. You're going to kill him and give him back to me, okay? And then I'll give him back to you, and then he'll come back to me. And then I'll come back eventually. You'll you'll have to pay up for it then, but that'll be many generations down, so it won't be your problem. They were like, yeah, yeah, that guy sounds great. <laughs> We don't have to give him blood anymore.
0: Well, in Revelations, he's really coming back for blood. Like, he's... Turning the oceans to blood. Oh no, he's gonna come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the way we wrote that story. Uh oh.
1: (laughs) Oh shit. He's coming back with vengeance because everybody stopped giving him blood. So now he's pissed off and he left. That's why he's not here anymore. Why America's fucked? No, he's not. No,
0: no. You just said like (laughs) this. Look, if you guys need a break, I'll let you. You know, I'll, I'll give you my son, and we'll, that'll hold me over for a while. But I will be back.
1: Oh, shit, you're that's right. That's kind of what that
0: that oh shit, you're that right. god cycle sounds oh. like.
1: <laughs> it's been 2,000 years. <laughs> when do you think long? that's up? I don't know. They go in threes a lot. Do you think it'll be 3,000 years?
0: No, I make no predictions for when the end of the world happens. I think what they also try to tie in with it why it is god's son directly is that in a lot of the other stories in the old testament it's about god providing the sacrifice for himself or or doing it mm-hmm. like he's powerful enough that he can just do it so it's like okay fine you know you guys don't have to do it anymore for a while send this as a gesture yeah
1: yes totally and with it being his son that's such a powerful one yep. So He'll
0: get all the god blood.
1: Yeah, that's not just a sacrifice. That is a sacrifice with quite literal god blood. Mm-hmm. That has to be like the ultimate sacrifice for a, a blood god. Holy shit! I mean, but that was just a ploy to get more powerful.
0: It. it yeah, it totally could. And really, that's by doing this, that is kind of what Paul is more promoting. Mm-hmm. Because he's like trying to get on their side like look yes of course it's the same god it's like okay yeah that 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 is making me feel queasy
1: oh okay well i can
0: i I mean like in like a not like i'm gonna throw up because because of blood but like yeah just like more of like a a dirty thing like it's like okay well now there's a question of like how far into the dogma was paul actually and have we been making too many assumptions like okay he's from everything else he's saying everything he was else he's writing just don't put bad in the world mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't seem to line up with it but he's trying to sell his story to them as the sacrifice thing yeah like you're saying which that seems out of character to do but possibly felt that was the best way to connect to them but then that just influences like oh Well, now that you've given them this aspect, they think that that's what this God is. So now they can continue on with their old stuff and they've just added yours in now too.
1: Yeah, honestly.
0: Because they're not seeing that that was bad. They're saying that, oh, cool, we get a break. We don't have to worry about going through all this anymore.
1: He's just going to provide it for
0: us. Well, he already provided it. We yeah. just have to say, hey, thanks for providing that yeah. and move on.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Which is really against, like, Paul's not about just, you know, moving on, say thanks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's very, very much,
1: much like, we need to actually, like, work at this. Forever. This, yeah, this is something that's going to be ongoing.
0: Yeah, the rest of three is saying, like, isn't Jesus the God of Jews? He did all this stuff. He, he's, he's fulfilled all these prophecies and, and done these things that your God would need. So this is where he gets into, you know, the manipulation to control them. Yes. Uh, We can obviously see that that didn't work because he's still trying to control them.
1: Facts. Facts.
0: So Paul's just trying to, a lot of the beginning, convince the Jews that, yes, the things we preached about and the things that Jesus did were the same powers from your God. The God that Jesus was following and your God is the same.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. It's the same thing that um, that happened in Germany and a lot of places in Northern Europe, too. Like, the Christians came in, and they were like, hey, we see you already have this belief set, and then they kind of adapted theirs to fit the belief set of the locals, and they were like, but what about ours? <laughs>
0: But I mean, that's also what the Israelites did. Exactly, what Elijah did.
1: Exactly. So that's
0: that's the way, like religion and society has evolved together. Mm -hmm. Like to make to try and make like a dominant thing that's apparently been seen as like the best solution for so long is just you know get rid of everyone else so that we don't have to worry about it. But the problem is that there will always be more everyone else's. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, don't worry about everyone else and you're gonna be okay
1: yeah like it's it'll be okay
0: it's just an example of it getting stolen again for something else totally that that i don't like throwing around the term cultural appropriation but yes that that is it like stealing something that wasn't yours to try and gain power over them specifically yes that that's what it is i feel like it gets thrown around so much where it's just like when people just do things that they think are cool like Mm -hmm. that that is base human culture that's for everyone you go somewhere you see someone else does something differently you like it you want to try and do something like that Mm -hmm. that's just how it's always been but it's too many people online get in trouble just for like thinking something is cool there's a line between that and you know using it to put down and get power over someone else
1: absolutely and and another aspect in that is like when it comes to like uh witchy stuff everybody's culture has their own witchy stuff (laughs) (laughs) and there's a lot right now about like white sage and native americans uh white sage is used a lot for both medicine and spirituality. And now that it's becoming an endangered thing, people are like, hey, if you're not of this culture, you shouldn't be using this. And while I agree with that to an extent, I think there's a a line there still because as a white person, I'm not going to go out and buy like white sage bundles for my witchy practices because I know that's an endangered thing. And that's not my culture. So I'm going to leave that for the people who are of that culture. But that doesn't mean I can't grow white sage myself and make my own white sage bundles and still use that practice. I'm just not going to inhibit the people of that culture from doing their own practice. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just a weird line. And there's so much behind it all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, 23
1: through 31. Okay you grab a couple of these?
0: Because it's gotten shortened down to like twenty three, but like there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. So for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that was in Christ Jesus, whom God had sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, I declare, I say, at this time His righteousness then he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. Because, like, there's a lot more bad things that you shouldn't do, but it's not in the Ten Commandments. So then 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So you're also going to be judged on things that aren't in that law book. Uh, 29. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. To them, it's still, isn't he going to judge everyone? In their belief, it's still judging everyone. It's just, he's picked the Israelites.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, and then 30. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make Floyd the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we established the law. So we continue to add more to these commandments. Mm-hmm. And that's just you going in and thinking about, like, is this the right thing in the situation? Right. And that's why Jesus invented the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just wasn't there because the Holy Spirit is just your conscience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the Jews would feel good about it. They'd be following, like, they'd be doing things that they've thought about like yeah no that that's the best option they're not regretting making bad decisions or, or doing things they they know that they're going to they're going to hate later and so jesus made the holy spirit to be like yeah that's that is the god when when he's in you that that's the part of him that you can think about because the god is just more of like the universe itself mm-hmm. that's why it goes into a lot of the instruments and the tools and you don't have a choice because the universe has just randomly created you or whatever. Like, this is what you've got. So this is kind of where you fit in, kind of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, because, yeah. Gets into later more about not judging people because even though you think that whatever they're doing is wrong, if they are following their conscience, they think they're doing right and therefore... They are doing God's work. Not following that conscience, no matter what that decision, is the sin. The sin isn't doing societally bad things. The Mm -hmm. sin in the Bible is things that are bad for you personally.
1: Okay, I got it. Okay. So a couple episodes ago, I was talking about feeling different energies or spirits or presences and how you can, I don't remember if I said this in the actual episode or if this part made it just into the reddit notes because I went a little more in depth with it there. You you can identify those spirits or presences or energies. I, I prefer to say energies so that's one I'm using here go on up forward <laughs> you you can identify these energies like they're they're familiar I know when my late husband's around and he's just hanging with me I can tell that that's him I can feel his energy but like it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit you you feel the Holy Spirit any Christian knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say you felt the Holy Spirit. That's an, that is exactly the same as every other energy presence that you feel. It is exactly the same. It's just you're identifying that one. But here's what I have been racking my brain with for weeks now. What specifically is that energy that I feel and identify as the Holy Spirit? because I know that energy, and it's been very prominent in my life, but I never felt like it was actually God, and the Holy Spirit didn't feel like the correct title for it, and I've just been racking my brain with what this energy is, and it just hit me that it's just Jesus. It's literally just Jesus. I don't think it's the Holy Spirit. I don't think it's God. I think it's Jesus. And I think that enough people have put enough power and energy into that as a being and an energy that it is now. It just is. So yeah, they through the power of the the Puritan pilgrims, we've created this energy that we've discussed and talked about. And, it, and because this is an oral tradition, it's just passed down and passed along to people through that. So it's... Words have so much power, and so we're putting that power into the universe. We are creating this energy, and the more people following, the bigger this is getting. But I don't think that this energy is actually... The God that's spoken of in the Bible. I don't think it's that at all. I think it is just Jesus specifically.
0: Well, no, we need to get to the distinction. So then the God, the Father is just the universe doing all the stuff.
1: Because I believe your soul is that little piece of your your higher self that connects you to it. That's living this lifetime here that is whoever you are. Uh, So I think that's exactly it. Because that ties right back into you are the God. This is a lesson book on how to be. And so this this whole New Testament is just when it's referring to God, it's entirely referring to your higher self. When we speak of the Old Testament God, I prefer to refer to him as El. That's how I know him. He's an entirely different entity than what you think you're praying to. You are praying to Jesus. You're not praying to God. Because God is not who you think he is. And
0: that's why Jesus is going to come back. Because he's tired of like getting Al's messages.
1: <laughs> his dad gave him his old phone. He's like, here you go. And so he's getting all these calls for his dad.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. He's like, I'm not here for this. I'm waiting until it's my time to come back for the blood.
0: If that is true, then now I am afraid. Is this the fear of Jesus? because if jesus wasn't lying and he truly is a son of god and he's still the son can only do what the godfather can do but better jesus is gonna become a better blood god
1: oh fuck okay but also (laughs) jesus was totally a stoned hippie teaching about love and peace so I don't think that he will be wrathful blood god. I feel like if anybody could find a way to be an ethical blood god, it would be Jesus. So, yeah, no, it's just Jesus. And then I thought, you know what's cool about that? Now that I've identified what this deity is that I feel very connected to and I still feel randomly when I'm not doing anything, as a, as an agnostic, I I can uh, work with him as a as a deity in my witchy stuff. So now I'm really excited, and I'm going to do a ton of research and figure out all his magical correspondences and how you actually go about that and what the whole pagan aspect is <laughs> of Jesus. I am very excited about this one. Whatever.
0: Like it feels like something like oh, like you've heard of, but it's like. Oh, and then you just brush it off. I was like, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Because, like, when I when I started in my witchy path, I was still a Christian, and honestly, it was my realization of these other energies and feeling these other presences and being able to identify that there are other deities. That is what really made me stop believing in christianity that was one of the first big kickers for me because i was like there's so much more than just this god and jesus there's so much more (laughs) there's so much shit happening in there it's it was very interesting for me because i'm in like these little witchy groups on facebook and stuff but i've i've seen a couple people in comments sections here and there talking about working with jesus as they're like patron deity and i'm just like that just that i assumed that's just a christian witch <laughs> that's just that was my only assumption
0: because you had, were there too yeah,
1: yeah i had no fucking clue but there, there's people actually like who who have never been associated with christianity or the church who just work with jesus as a patron deity because he's cool as fuck and i'm really excited to learn so much about this This is changing my life. Oh, yeah. And then I just have to share this quote with you guys because, see, I went to go research it. The very first website I click on, the very first sentence is a quote from a former Jesuit, which I can get into if anybody's curious about that. You will. I will then, for sure. But this quote, the real question is not, can one be a pagan and revere Jesus But rather, can one follow the teachings of Jesus and also be a Christian? And that is by Robert uh, Barzan, former Jesuit. He is an interesting dude. He was a former Jesuit, and I didn't really know what that was, but I knew I had heard the term before. It's a religious order of the Catholic Church. They're all about evangelization and... I can't say this word... (laughs) apostolic feels more correct but they they do a lot of that kind of work well basically the pope was like super behind these guys their teachings and it became widely accepted through the catholic church to the point that they had books and stuff produced and published the jesuits were extreme they were temporarily banished from france as a whole in fifteen ninety four so a man named I don't know how to say his name is it?
0: Jean Chatel
1: Jean Chatel I don't know um, but he tried to assassinate the King of France, Henry the Fourth. So all Jesuits were temporarily banished from France, and then Châtel he revealed while he was under questioning who taught him all of this stuff and so he called out the jesuits of the college that was in that area because they had their own fucking school in france and because of that two of his former teachers were exiled and the third was hanged yep because he just took it too far
0: Unless, you know, they wanted him to take it that far.
1: That's a good point. I because wasn't in those classes, so I don't know what if a man got thought.
0: hanged, it's not like you're just promoting, like, you are, you are actually telling them to do these things.
1: Yeah. I feel like the one who got hanged probably actually did something.
0: Mm-hmm. And the other two were just kind of like, I didn't know that he was going to take it this far.
1: Yeah. Right. Robert um, Barzin... He ended up leaving leaving this whole society. He went on to become a priest himself. But one thing that was a big factor for him, was he was gay. And he went on to be a priest. And uh, people did not like that. So he became ordained in, as a priest in 1985. Um, that was after his time in the Jesuit School of Theology in Berkeley, California. And he became the first openly gay priest in Missoula, Montana. (laughs) But there was a lot of tension and problems between the Catholic Church and his teaching and, like, teaching on homosexuality. Yeah. And so all of that and his beliefs led him to leave the priesthood and Christianity in 1987. So, like, honestly, if we're looking at this timing... It's no wonder, because, I mean, it is still very uncommon to find a gay pastor somewhere. Like, that's only going to be at the progressive churches that aren't real churches, you know? Mm-hmm. Or as many Christians call them, <laughs> the not real churches. But So he later on went to write a book called Sex and Spirit Exploring Gay Men's Sexuality. <laughs> I fucking love that someone of that time period believed so strongly in his beliefs he he felt confident enough to speak up against it even when it wasn't safe to do so i say that time period like it's so long ago it's Uh not that long ago it's just we've evolved so much in that sense in that time
0: i don't even necessarily know still wouldn't be safe right now when was the book made uh like, it's safer, but it's still, like, it's, the church I mean, is still big to get back.
1: He's less likely to be beat on the street for it, though. Oh, well, and yeah. I mean, like, physical safety.
0: Well, maybe.
1: <laughs> I know, because that's still a possibility. That's not gone, but it's just less likely to happen now. But yeah, this man went from being a Jesuit to one of the first openly gay priests in America and went on to write a book about about a gay man's spirituality like that's so great we need more people like that we need more people who are who have confidence in those beliefs and are willing to share them and i i just i really enjoy the little bit of his his theology that i've read so far <laughs>
0: I think think that's enough for right now, pals.
1: Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah.
0: I mean, do you have any closing thoughts about like what we got into today?
1: I think it was really fun looking at Romans and and honestly looking at Paul from a new from a new light. Yeah. I know we're just at the beginning here, but I I mean, we
0: did did give Paul like, you know, uh, like we didn't like really characterize like Paul before so Mm -hmm. much because it wasn't necessarily like paul writing like it was someone else writing about what happened to paul
1: right we weren't getting his character in it
0: and so we're not seeing like okay maybe he was a bad man but obviously he had some sort of like he is very committed to this school of thought yeah there's nothing like more important
1: or at least he's doing a very good job of portraying that Ooh. Maybe it's all just a manipulation tactic.
0: Ooh, I mean, he was trying to manipulate them already. Mm -hmm. Yep. Where does it end? Yep, where does it end? If he was a manipulator, then he is doing a great job at... Wow.
1: Master manipulator. Hmm,
0: that's a whole (laughs) thing to get into and think about.
1: Yeah, it is. Regardless of whether he believed what he's saying or not, I I like a lot of things that he's saying. Mm
0: Mm-hmm feel good about them
1: yeah wow what a weird look
0: yeah that is
1: especially after we've been looking at him in this
0: like this great thing this whole time yeah i think that's that's an excellent way to close and are like oh yeah look at this but now <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a crazy mix up of what they were just listening to what this episode has now turned into apparently but if you like it cool if you don't it's okay. You don't have to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for listening if you want to.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you guys sticking around and seeing uh, seeing how this is evolving and working with us through our little growth spurts here. But I'm really excited to get more into this. Mm. I think this has been a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. See you, pals.
1: Catch you later. Hey, buddies. Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style. At the Hyble Study, that's at the H I G H B L E study. Just to keep you on your toes, find us on Twitter at the Hyble Study, that's spelled the H I B L E study. Check out our subreddit r slash the high priest for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes as well as some memes. We also have a threadless shop, shop shop.thehighpriest.show. There's almost always new merch popping up there, so be sure to check back regularly. If you want to and can responsibly donate but have enough merch, buy us a coffee. Buyusacoffee.com slash the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. You can donate once or you can choose to donate monthly. Money Donated helps us to improve the show and make it better for you as the listener. Or if you wanna just make it all that much more simple, all of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. Every link I've already mentioned as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.